Greetings, rulers. This is a little episode at a little episode ito for you all this fine evening. Um, it's the last chunk of Night Rule 16 with Ben Burgess. Um, it's part of the episode where we talked about some more contemporary political matters, so I decided to go ahead and unlock it for you all. Hope you enjoy it very much. Um, enjoy it with my compliments and all my admiration and love. To listen to the full episode and signify that you are indeed ready to say yes to life, please go to patreon.com slash nightrule to become a patron and access uh, this full episode and our other premium episodes, some fun mixtapes, and uh, to support the show. Today's intro song is Notes from a Calculated Conversation by Takahashi Yukihiro, although any conversation with Ben is uh, never calculated at all. He's uh, really fun, a guy, as well as being extremely intelligent. So, I also wanted to mention that this was recorded about a week after the events in the U.S. Capitol um, on January 6th. So the takes might be kind of hot. Uh, it's entirely possible, given that we're both intelligent people, that we um, achieved a different level of nuance in the subsequent time. So keep that in mind. Um, also, the outro today is going to be from Sakamoto Ryuch. The name of this song is gonna go I to colony so without any further ado welcome to night rule
listen, maybe I know we said go for about an hour, so I'll start the wind down procedure. I'm going to put pause on my, my DS9 discussion. Uh, that also has an added benefit of people not, not yet knowing how much of a huge nerd I really am. So maybe we can pick up, uh, pick up the sci-fi chronicles at a later date, but I'd probably be, rem I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you, you know, there, there might've been some, some important events in the world. Uh, I don't know, maybe in the U S Capitol. Um, oh, was there a I or something or? Yes, uh, I think Kanye and Kim Kardashian broke up and people were yeah. writing about that. They were so upset. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I've been listening to your oh, commentary. The president must be tweeting about that like crazy. Oh yeah, oh no, he is, he is on uh, on Parlor 2. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I've been listening to your commentary and I, I think it's been really, really fantastic. So I don't want you to have to just repeat yourself, but mm. um, with the, just the few minutes we have left here, maybe, um, Maybe you can get on your soapbox a little bit and admonish people sure. a little bit and tell them, you know, maybe what we should actually be thinking about what, rather than what people might be talking about right now. Well, I mean, look, I don't know how much, I don't know how much admonishing that I want to do, uh, but I will, you know, I, I think like a really bizarre thing obviously happened, um, you know, man, last Wednesday, it seems like a lot longer ago than that. But yeah, as we're recording this, this is literally less than a week ago. Crazy. Um, it, yeah, uh, it, like the, this really feels like we're talking about something that happened last year at this point. But um, but yeah, so last Wednesday, a really, uh, an incredibly shocking and strange thing happened. I mean, look, something happened that seemed more like something that would be a plot point in a science fiction movie than real life. Uh, that, uh, that there was in the US Capitol, um, what certainly in terms of the, the theater of it uh, looked, you know, looked very much like, um, you know, like, like what would happen in some sort of horrible societal collapse, you know, where um, like, I mean, it was, it was almost like a, it almost looked like a scene, you know, see, I can't, I can't get off the science fiction now. <laughs> you know, looked like a scene from like the opening of uh, The Stand, you know, like that. The, it was, it was mm. like that, 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 which is also something I've thought about a lot since the pandemic started, of course. Of course, uh, yeah. Uh, there's a, uh, in fact, the, uh, the miniseries version of The Stand, you know, they did that opening sequence where the, uh, uh, everybody was dying in uh, hospital hallways while Blue Oyster Cults, Don't Fear the Weeper, you know, played in the background. I thought about that a lot in the last year, but um, but in terms of the social collapse stuff that's happening at the beginning of the stand, you know, like it, it felt like that, it looked like that. Uh, but I also think it's important to recognize that just because something, just because you have like a lot of the imagery that would be going on in something doesn't mean that the thing itself is going on. Um, that it's not, it didn't actually represent collapse on that level, um, that the, the basic institutions, of the American state are going to be just fine. I mean, it's, it's like the, it's almost like the flip side of uh, some of what happened at the end of the spring and over the summer uh, you know, with the, uh, the post uh, post George Floyd unrest, some of which, some of the theatrics of that, you know, looked like, um, looked like what you get in a, in a, like a full blown revolution, like, uh, you know, the police station burning down in Minneapolis, that was like a scene from the Arab Spring, you know, happening in the U.S. Sure. Uh, but just because you have the the optics of a revolution doesn't mean that you actually have a revolution. That you know the American state was never in any danger there either. Uh, and when I say theatrics, I mean I don't, I really don't want to minimize this, right? So I was I was talking about this with Anna Kasparian on the show um, last night. Uh, or, yep, uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So from uh, yeah, Anna does a show, a weekend show with Nando Vila for the Jacobins YouTube. 
channel and she's also of course uh one of the main you know producers and anchors at young turks um and so i think one kind of mistake that we can make about this is sort of doing the the hipster thing where people overdose on contrarianism as you know as the very online have a have a danger of doing and sort of say oh whatever it's not a big deal like um you know i mean yeah when, when i talk about the optics the imagery the theatrics I, I don't want to miss the fact that like also several people died like this is this is a huge yeah. escalation of anything that you could have imagined happening in 2015 and and i don't i don't want to neglect that i mean like uh in during the brooks brothers riot you know leading up to bush v gore nobody died uh like this is this is a new thing uh but um yeah, I mean, most some of those were the uh, the rioters themselves, um, you know, not making good decisions. One of those was the cops, I think, in that moment overreacting. But also, there was a, a cop that was killed by the rioters. Uh, and so, I think another another police officer committed suicide. Uh, yeah, I, in I, I wake. I'm not sure what the details are there. Yeah, that that second one, I'm I'm not. I don't know enough about that yet to know exactly what happened there. But um, but at any rate, right? Like it's uh, it's a it's a very shocking development. It's certainly like a huge. I mean, if there's anybody out there who still needs a, a moral indictment of Trump, it's a certainly that, right? You know, it's a moral indictment of Trump. Uh, you know, throw that on the pile. Um, that you know, because he did, you know, he did egg this on, and and that's of course shocking in its own way, or you know, would be if if not for Trump. Uh, and of course, I think the most shocking thing about it is that it was allowed to happen in the first place because uh i understand there were tens of thousands of people at the original rally at the white house and you know a lot of those walked over to the capitol from there but i think the actual group storming the capitol the estimates i've seen go from like a few hundred like several hundred to maybe maybe two thousand uh and whatever the number is like i think there are probably at least two thousand capitol cops never mind national guard etc that could have been called upon uh you know so uh the fact that they didn't stop this that uh that there weren't cops lined up you know like you know four deep on the capitol steps to stop this from happening in fact that some of the cod that uh the capitol cops uh turned down uh, an earlier offer of assistance from the national guard that you know some of the capitol cops you know on rank and file level even as other capitol cops were were like fighting for their lives you know elsewhere were like taking selfies you know with with rioters uh all of that I mean, that, none of that necessarily tells me like that there was a conspiracy with like a whole lot of intention behind it. But I think at least it tells me that both on a rank and file level and in terms of the upper brass, uh, they were very reluctant to crack down on these people because they, on some level, they saw them as their kind of people. Like, I mean, they, they, I mean, this is something to remember always with this stuff that the overwhelming majority of police officers in the United States are pro-Trump. Um, yeah, I think so, 70, 80% by most poll, poll data, right? Yeah, something like that, right? Uh, it's it's a like it's a crazy number. It's not just like, oh, 55% of them voted for Trump or something. It's it's like an overwhelming majority. Uh, so all of that is is incredibly disturbing. And and we could like we could we could sort of spin out various scenarios about how that could get worse, like some of which are pretty bad. Uh, I I and I I I think are possible. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to pretend to have a crystal ball. I, I didn't see this coming, you know, but, um, but I think that there are scenarios where the level of political violence that happens in the United States gets much worse than it has been. Uh, and, and that can be scary to think about, but I also think that there was never any point in any of this 
where there was a danger of of this becoming you know and i know there are a lot of semantic arguments about okay what counts as a coup or an insurrection or whatever and like i i'm not like you know let's not get into any of that right the second but uh but whatever you want to call it there was never any danger that this was going like like there were there were very real dangers here i mean like a lot more people could have died congressmen could have died for sure uh, but there was never any danger that this was actually going to touch the sort of core institutions of the American state or what we politely refer to as American democracy. Um, that this, you know, that like a couple thousand rioters, even a couple thousand rioters with a wink and a, you know, wink from, uh, from the Capitol cops, uh, you know, are not a threat on that level. And the reason that I think it's important to, to emphasize that and, and to chill a little bit with some of the coup talk and especially with some of the terrorism talk is that I think that honestly, like the idea that we were going to like have like normal capitalist democracy overthrown and fascism imposed by like a mob of maybe a couple thousand QAnon guys doesn't really make sense to me, but I think- Maybe a little histrionic, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, and, and actually also I should say, just, just one note on that, that like, uh, if you look at times when that actually has happened, that there, there has been act, like, you know, Germany or Italy, uh, when, uh, when there have actually been fascist movements that have come to power and overthrown the normal institutions, democracy and all that stuff. Uh, the powers that be within those societies have only been willing to resort to supporting that because they were worried that the other alternative was like communist revolution and them losing everything. Um, mm. And that's not, point. that is not remotely, that is hilariously and tragically far from the situation of the contemporary United States where we have like 6.2% private sector unionization. Right. Uh, and you know, the, the social Democrat, you know, uh, like, there's a, a heady moment where it seemed like a social Democrat might win the democratic nomination and that didn't happen. Uh, so, so that, that's, that's not the situation. And I think that you see the upshot of that because the actual, like the ruling class was horrified by this. Uh, the, on Wednesday, the national association of manufacturers in the biggest business group of the country was calling on Mike Pence to invoke the 25th amendment to get rid of Trump. Um, the uh, like, like I think, uh, like Coca Cola, you know, was tweeting about how bad this was. Uh, they like, like this is something that's like that brings on a level of chaos that's just bad for business. So, um, so I, I don't think that the fascism thing was ever a danger. And the reason that you know, I think that I think that a much worse riot where like maybe like a bunch of congressmen you know got killed i think that was a danger i think a long-term danger is just an escalation in the level of political violence in the united states i don't think that a civil war in the sense that most people mean by that is is a realistic possibility right now but i i think that it's not impossible to imagine something closer to like um you know what you know used to be called the uh, the troubles you know in uh, in northern ireland as far as as political violence goes i'm not saying that's going to happen but i think that's like a much more grounded worst case scenario um i appreciate but, this level of nuance this uh, like we don't really have this level of nuance in the analysis that you're seeing on msnbc or cnn i think we need we need to add another acronym to that media sphere gtaa <laughs> well i appreciate that but uh but anyway look so the reason I think it's worth like really spelling out this point about fascism is not that it diminishes anything from the horror of, of, of either like the 
you know, the Q, the QAnon lunatics or people up to and including Trump who egg them on, uh, like they deserve all the condemnation that's coming their way. But the reason it's important is because I'm much less worried at, about the idea of some sort of danger to our liberties coming from this kind of fantasy scenario about you know America going fascist than I am about the danger to our liberties that's going to come that is coming right that that's going to happen that I think no two ways about it at this point at least in terms of proposed legislation whatever actually gets passed uh, they, from uh, the, basically a new round of the war on terror uh, which is what uh, prominent Democrats are talking about right now like like Joe Biden has said that one of his big priorities is uh, having um, is having a new law about domestic terrorism, uh, which, I mean, considering what's already on the books, like the idea of, of giving the American security state even more power to, uh, to, to surveil people, to have, um, you know, to have whatever short, whatever exciting new shortcuts they're going to get at the few legal impediments to them doing whatever they want, uh, is like, is actually genuinely terrifying. And I think that's like a, a much greater threat uh, to to freedom than um, than whatever like a, a you know several hundred or even a couple thousand armed and dangerous you know like people who who uh, are are basically like uh, an analogy I saw somebody using in the chat on the show the uh, late last night which I liked was it's like they're civil war reenactors with live ammunition <laughs> yeah. They're people who are just totally detached from reality, which doesn't mean they're not dangerous. It actually means that it's it's why they're dangerous, you know, because because uh, they you know they're they're willing to take this kind of live action role playing to to that level of of actually killing people. Uh, so that that is itself an incredibly dangerous thing, but it's not dangerous on the level that could overthrow the core institutions of the American state. Whereas the idea of of beefing up police powers, having like some new round of a, a new version of the war on terror that's focused on uh, domestic extremism, like that's something that I would be uh, I would be much much more worried about. And I guess, I guess the last thing I would just say about it is that um, none of this is to say, you know. And and by the way, I I should say like there is a one hundred and ten percent chance that any new tools of, of censorship or broadening the definition of incitement or sedition or any of this stuff that might be, you know, everything ranging from, from like, you know, uh, private sector censorship by the tech companies through whatever is going to be in this domestic terrorism law. Uh, there is a 110% chance that that's all going to get used against the left. Like, like, I, I just don't think there's any, there's any. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah, room for doubt about that. So, so that would be my highest priority in all of this. Although the last thing I was just going to say is that none of that means though what happened at the Capitol wasn't a big deal. And in fact, I, I think that it's important to, uh, to hold both of those thoughts in your head at the same time, precisely because those of us who don't want to have some you know, horrifying new round of the war on terror are going to be taken a lot less seriously if we're doing this like high in our own supply online contrarianism stuff where we just say things like, Oh, this was like nothing. This was like a, you know, this is, this is like a, you know, a, a football ride in a college town or something it's like, no, it's, it's, it's a little more than that. It's like, this is a big deal. It's, it's just not a big deal on a level that's civilization threatening. It's like, it's like, you can think the same way that you could think that, um, 
you know that 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 911 was was a uh was an atrocity and and a um, and and a and and a massive human tragedy obviously uh while also thinking that it was a little ridiculous to treat it as to treat you know um what what should have just been a law enforcement uh you know what should have should have just been handled with the traditional tools of law enforcement uh as some like great existential threat you know to uh, to western civilization you know, there's a great Glenn Greenwald line I always loved where he was talking about how absurd it is that after that, like after decades of the Cold War, when there was a real threat of uh, of, of of like an actual like civilization ending war. Uh, but in, in that but we still managed to keep a lot of these civil liberties then and like being told that we suddenly had to sacrifice them in order to defeat a handful of fanatics living in caves and plotting, you know, to blow up an airplane or a nightclub every five years. Like it's, it's, it's just absurd. And, and I think we should, we should bring that same energy to how we think about this, that you can, you know, that you don't have to minimize the, the things about it that really are very bad. In fact, you shouldn't, because if we do minimize it, then nobody's going to take us seriously, you know, when, when we're, uh, we're opposed, when we, when we speak out about, about everything that's going to be done in the name of combating it, but also, you know, the the greater threat is is the stuff that's being done in combating it. Like like the same way that, um, you know, that uh, a hell of a lot more Americans died in Iraq than on nine eleven. Uh, I, I think that there I think that there is going to be you know like the the sort of threat to democratic norms from having an ever expanding definition of terrorism and and a and an ever more hyperbolic, you know, sense of what the threat is from that and what needs to be done to combat it is going to be much greater than anything that I think could actually, you know, could actually be done by, you know, the, the sort of like, you know, QAnon lunatics, you know, who thinks that Trump wants them to save, you know, wants them to swoop <laughs> in and save him when actually he could not possibly have more contempt for them. Absolutely. I could not agree more. I agree 100% with everything you're saying. Um, Always appreciate getting your insights on these things. I think uh, I think you do a really great job of outlining some of the complexities and and some of the kind of cutting through some of the countervailing um, oversimplifications. So definitely appreciate that. Um, we'll have to we'll have to goad you to come back on in February, Professor Ben Burgess. I think uh, when it's this when we have this much fun, it's going to be hard to not at least try try and go to cajole you a little bit more. Um, Everyone should check out uh, your book, Give Them an Argument, also the name of your YouTube show and podcast. Um, please follow him on Twitter for uh, some pretty some pretty savage and trenchant uh, insights. Um, yeah, it was so fun to get to talk science fiction a lot too. I think I think we'll definitely have to try and do that again yeah, sometime. Yeah, for sure. All right, so, so if you enjoyed that, you got a couple of bucks in your pocket, whatever, go to patreon.com slash night rule and join the party. You know what I mean? Like, why not? Why wouldn't you? I would. <laughs>